Support for KXSF San Francisco Community Radio is provided by Babylon Burning, San Francisco's oldest screen printer. Babylon Burning is a San Francisco legacy business offering full-service screen printing for your band or company. Located in San Francisco's Soma District at 63 Bluxom Street, Babylon Burning has served the Bay Area since 1976. Their website is BabylonT.com. That's B-A-B-Y-L-O-N-T-E-E.com. And you're listening to KXSF. This is Pamela Bush. And we have just a few more minutes of uh, this segment of uh, my show, of Fifth Wave Radio, uh, where we've been playing female country music artists. Um, coming up in less than five minutes is an interview that I'm going to do with Omar Medina of Undocu Fund and Max Bill Alper of North Bay Jobs with Justice on protecting farm workers during fire season. Uh, we still have a few minutes, so let's get the music. Let's get the music going. And this is Marin Morris with My Church. Recording in progress. I've fallen down from grace a few too many times, but I find holy redemption when I put this car in drive. Roll the windows down and turn up the dial. Can I get a
So, so much for me thinking I don't really like country music that much. I actually really enjoyed uh, doing that set, putting it together, and and listening. Uh, maybe I should give country music um, another another shot. Anyway, we are about to start the interview with Max Alper from North Bay jo- Max Bell Alper, sorry, with North Bay Jobs with Justice, and Omar Medina from UndocuFund. For those of you who are just tuning in right now, uh, you are listening to KXSF.FM in San Francisco, and I guess we're officially in queerly drinking territory. Uh, so, uh, Max and Omar, can you hear me? Hold on, I can't hear you. All right, let's get this. Give us just a second here. Okay, let's try it again. You there? Can you? Yeah, can you hear me now? I, I can hear you now. I can hear you now. Great. So we're doing this. Uh, yeah, this is also on Zoom uh, for those of you who might want to actually watch. And uh, at after the, we're going to talk from five until six, and at six thirty, we're going to have. Oh, excuse me, at six o'clock, we'll have some time for a Q and A. So if you get on using Zoom, you could you could uh, ask a question if you'd like. So uh, yeah, thank you, thank you so much, guys, for being here. Uh, I know that. Uh, it's a busy time on on many many fronts, so I appreciate your your taking the time to to have this very important discussion. Uh, so, yeah, let's. Well, what would be great is if you could introduce yourselves. Uh, well, let me just give a quick introduction. Maybe you could talk about your uh, organization. So, Max Bell Alper is the executive director of North Bay Jobs with Justice in Sonoma County. And to this work, they bring 20 years of experience organizing with low-wage immigrant workers in California. In his free time, they enjoys gardening, backpacking, and volunteering on local and stewardship projects. Uh, so Max, uh, thanks again for being here uh, and also for helping to facilitate uh, uh, Omar's participation in this discussion. Uh, Omar uh, has served as the UndocuFund coordinator since the Tubbs fire in 2017, assisting families impacted by natural disasters and currently COVID. He is also consulting for the county's emergency rental assistance program and is an elected member of the Santa Rosa City Schools Board of Education. Prior to his role with UndocuFund, Omar worked for the County of Sonoma Human Services Department for seven years, during which time he was active with the SEIU Local 1021 serving in various leadership roles. He was elected as the county's industry chair to the executive board representing employees from over a dozen counties. Wow, honestly, both of you, the work you've done is, is great. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, I know a little bit about uh, both of your organizations, but for those people who are listening in, can you uh, tell everyone about about your organizations. Max, do you want to go first and talk about North Bay Jobs with Justice? Yeah, sure. And thanks so much for for having us uh, both on here. Uh, So North Bay Jobs with Justice is a growing coalition of over 30 community and labor organizations uh, in the North Bay, really based in in Sonoma County, but but stretching all across uh, the North Bay into Marin and Napa and up to Mendocino. Um, And, you know, what some of the things that uh, that we have done since uh, 2013 uh, as as an organization um, really focused focusing on on passing uh, living wages in the county, as well as uh, raising the minimum wages in multiple cities um, and and the county as well. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, really, really ensuring that that, that all workers um, have dignity and and respect. Um, and so that means, you know, supporting local healthcare workers or or local teachers, um, you know, whenever whenever they they need that support. And then um, most recently, we've really you know taken a, a real focus um, on on farm workers and wildfires, and really looking at the um, you know the intersection of uh, economic, racial, and climate justice. Great, thanks. And Omar, can you talk about UndocuFund? Yeah, and as an UndocuFund be, began in 2017, and it was actually North Bay Jobs with Justice was a part of that, one of the founding organizations, along with North Bay Organizing Project and the Great and Day Labor Center. It was founded to meet a void in need for disaster relief uh, in Sonoma County at the time and has grown since then to provide relief primarily around fires and most recently um, during COVID assisting families with COVID. Great. Cool. Thank you. Uh, so let's just kind of get into this. And since this show is more wine oriented, can you talk about how the vineyard workers and the way that w- vineyard workers are affected might differ from other agricultural uh, workers? Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I can talk a little bit about it, but I also would, you know, would love to, you know, Omar has been been doing this uh, for years in this community and has had a lot of experience talking to a lot of vineyard and, and farm workers here. Um, uh, so I, I think one thing that's important to note in, in Sonoma County, nine out of 10 uh, farm workers work uh, in the, in the wine industry, right? So when, when we're talking about agricultural workers in Sonoma County, um, it, it's really about the, the wine industry. Um, and, you know, what, what we, we as an organization uh, since January set out to, um, you know, because last fall there were a lot of stories and 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 uh, and photos and rumors about farm workers uh, working in agricultural uh, working during it. Uh, during wildfires in evacuation zones. Um, and so we set out really this year to, to understand what what are the main ways that, that people were actually impacted. So we went out and did uh, over 100 surveys with farm workers uh, about, uh, about the ways that they were impacted during wildfires. Um, and, and we found that there were, there were five main, um, main ways uh, in, in which uh, farm workers are asking for improvements uh, during, during wildfires. Um, so I can go over those right now if that's helpful pamela um or however you want to proceed i'll I'll tell you what uh that would be great let's just table that for a few minutes i'd like to hear from from omar first because i I know that what we we really do want to spend a lot of time talking about these five ways in the petition and we'll we'll get to that uh so let's just table that for a minute and omar if if you can talk about how from your experiences you see that vineyard workers are impacted different differently uh, from, let's say, other agricultural workers? Well, I think one of, one of the things that's, uh, you know, clearly known is that a lot of these farm workers are undocumented individuals. And part of the void that we were trying to fill within disaster relief is that a lot of these individuals don't qualify for most aid um, in terms of relief. And for example, now with COVID, they don't qualify for unemployment and so many of these other benefits that um, leaves this void of, of them not being able to work and also not qualifying for benefits and it impacts families that are already living here in Sonoma County in a very high cost area. And so it adds um, an increased burden. And one of the things about wildfires is that the work that oftentimes they do is seasonal. And sometimes these seasons when they're working is 
where they make a lot of the money that they make for the entire year. And so with th that's one thing that I definitely observed and people want to work and they, and the amount of stress that they experience because they don't know what to do when these disasters hit and the work disappears and it's something that they depend on for so long and then it's harder to find work in these times. Um, I, I think that that mental stress has been something that I've noticed in a lot of people and, and it affects families in, in a major way. And, and because they don't qualify for a lot of those other additional aids that so many other people um, um, qualify for, um, it, it makes it difficult. But the other part is that so many of the aids that do exist now, for example, the emergency rental assistance program that's been implemented, a lot of it's all digital. And, and there's this digital divide. A lot of people don't know how to fill out these forms. And, and it's, it, it's a lot of work, even for someone like myself that does know how to uh, complete the, the, the forms and having the resources to actually go out into the community and help folks fill these forms out and all the requirements that are that are needed is something that I think impacts the farm worker community and the undocumented community a lot more and makes it much more difficult to access the aid that does exist. Great. So also, how would you say that, I mean, in California, and it's not just California, but let's just say we're talking about California now, a lot of the vineyard workers are immigrants or migrant workers. And what are the specifically how if you are – and I guess we should t talk about it differently because let's say people who are here as migrant workers just temporarily, how they're impacted uh, from the fires where they're just here like a, as temporary workers. How – how are they affected in ways that we might not be thinking about? Well, I think the, the difference in how they're affected is that they have to continue living here. They have to find a way to continue to um, keep a roof over their head, right? They, they usually have their, their families here. A lot of them do, right? Some of them, you know, are just here and sending money back to the country, but a lot of them have established themselves here. They have families to raise, families to feed, and, and these situations make it very difficult, right? So I think that's one of the differences between the workers that are here on like the worker visa versus those that are here um, on an undocumented basis trying to survive. And so when, when the seasonal work disappears and that's what they depend on, you know, for the year, it becomes extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And can, um, I'm sorry, Max, go ahead. Oh, I, I and I, I totally agree with what what Omar is saying, and and I think it's really it's really important to note that the the vast majority of farm workers in in Sonoma County live here and are part of our community, um, and 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 we think it's really important to recognize that um, that these the this is people who have built real real families here and 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 pay taxes here and and need to be fully respected as as members of our community. At the same time, the 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 number of H two A workers uh, for folks who may not know H two A is the the program of temporary visas that that farm workers and other workers receive, um, where they they are provided with transportation and housing from their employer. So the number of H two A workers is is dramatically increasing in Sonoma County as well as throughout uh, the state and the country. Um, and so some of the the concerns that we've heard, so because we went out and to to talk to H two A workers, um, you know who are who are 
who are here for six months, 10 months uh, working, um, you know, overwhelmingly in, 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 uh, in the wine industry um, here in Sonoma County. And some of the concern they have some uh, sort of unique concerns that that workers who who live here permanently uh, don't have. So, for example, um, you know, workers are oftentimes living in bunkhouses or dormitories that are are literally in the middle of the vineyards. Um, and we've been out there talking to to workers, and and I've stood there, um, you know, talking to to men who are here, who don't know anybody else. The only people they know who live here um, are, are their fellow dorm or bunk mates. Um, and, and you're standing there in, in, the, you know, in the vineyards and looking up at the hillside and it's completely charred, right? This has been burned. Um, and some places it's been burned multiple times. And when I, when I asked people, when I asked these uh, temporary visa workers, you know, what that was like when when they were there um, during that wildfire um, and and over and over the story that we've heard is that, you know, it was oftentimes these fires happen in the middle of the night. Somebody, you know, goes outside, hears, you know, sees the fire happening, comes in. And for many people uh, in, in these, these dormitories in the vineyards, they don't have any kind of mode of transportation because they depend on the transportation from the company. Um, and so in one uh, place, for example, there were 24 uh, workers and the only transportation they had were two bicycles. And so just imagine yourself being in a situation, looking up at fire approaching you in the middle of the night and not having a way to get out because they didn't have access to the company vans, only the supervisors did, and only having between 24 people, two bicycles. And they had to wait around, these particular gentlemen had to wait around um, as the fire approached for two hours until the police came and escorted them out. And so there's a, p a particular vulnerability um, that H-2A or temporary visa workers have where they may not know anybody, they may not have any kind of transportation, um, and, and they're extremely at risk um, because of working and and living um, in these areas that are that are fire prone. Wow, that that's just that sounds terrifying. I mean, it just it sounds absolutely terrifying, and uh, especially. And I know we're going to talk about this in in a few minutes. But if you don't speak English, and this is all going on, I mean, that's just got to be. I, I I can't imagine. Uh, well, let's let's take a, a quick break right now, and let's start talking about the petition and your five, sort of the five points that uh, you, you've come up with. That when we get back. Support for KXSF comes from Lark in the Morning, a Berkeley retailer featuring musical instruments from all over the world, such as Native American ritual drums, Romanian balalaikas, Irish folk flutes, and Hawaiian-style slide guitars. In August, Lark in the Morning also hosts the Adult and Family Lark Camp, featuring music, song, and dance workshops. Explore their store located at 830 Gilman Street in Berkeley, or visit their website at larkinthemorning.com. Thanks for supporting independent radio, KXSF. At KXSF, we believe that food is not only a need, but a human right. Before COVID-19 hit, over one in four people in the Bay Area were hungry. 
Now folks are experiencing hunger at even more alarming rates. The good news is there are so many ways to help. Donating, volunteering, organizing. Find out how you can become part of local community-driven solutions to end hunger in the Bay Area by going to kcsf.fm forward slash kcsfacts. This message is brought to you by your neighbors at KXSF San Francisco Community Radio. Okay, great. We are back, uh, and uh, this is Pamela Bush. You're listening to kxsf.fm, and uh, the show is Queerly Drinking, which covers a range of topics. It's it's almost like an amoeba-shaped show, I guess I should say, because it has different forms, Uh, but it is uh, wine-related. And we are discussing a very big issue in the wine industry right now, how to protect farm workers, vineyard workers from fires. And we've already seen the summer in Northern California, just it's crazy how much acreage and you know the loss of land and the, the loss of life, not, not just human life, but uh, also animal life. It, what's happening is, is really terrible. And... I don't know if any of you have been reading about this, but over the last few weeks, there have been a number of studies and reports that have come out showing that we may have really kind of we, – we might have be past the point of, of no return. There are things we can try to do to slow down the environmental devastation caused by uh, human-made climate change, but we're – we're we're going to be in a pretty bad situation for the next few decades. So a lot of what of what we're we need to do is about protecting people, and and often the people who are not protected are those with the least amount of power, who are people who have less money, who are no money, and uh, are not necessarily uh, protected by the system. So uh, Max Bell Alper uh, from North Bay Jobs with Justice is is one of my guests, as is Omar Medina from Undocufun. And uh, before we, we talk about the North Bay Jobs for Ju- with Justice has a five-point plan on some steps that we can take. But quickly, before we do that, I know there, there's a relationship between North Bay Jobs with Justice and Undocufun. So can you just tell everybody a little bit about that? Because I, I, obviously a lot of organizations, when we're in crisis situations, do need to work together. Uh, but I, I myself am actually a little bit unclear about uh, about how you're, you're related to one another. So, Max, if, if you don't mind just clarifying that, that would be great. Actually, I think I'll, I'll turn that over to Omar. Okay, great. Omar. Yeah. So at the founding of UndocuFund, um, you know, one of the core things that we're talking about right now was about some of these people living in our community. One of the motivations was we saw all these homes burning down. And we wanted to figure out how can we keep our community as our community? And we knew that these people were going to be struggling without homes. How do we get them to stay? Because we were in the middle of a housing crisis in the moment. So North Bay Jobs with Justice, North Bay Organizing Project, and Great Day Labor Center had already been working together around these issues. And we came together uh, to develop UndocuFund. And so at the core of Deciding the, the direction and the vision of UndocuFund are those three organizations, North Bay Jobs for Justice, MBOP, and the Green Day Labor Center. So that's the relationship. The, the, the organizations are what guides UndocuFund and its direction. Think of it kind of as the, the board of UndocuFund of sorts. Okay, great. Yeah, th- thank you. Thanks. Uh, so now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> uh, let's, let's talk about this five 
point plan uh, and the different steps because that when uh, kudos to Eric Cohen who introduced Max to me and said that we should talk and, and let me know about this and I looked at this like wow people need to know about about what you're doing so uh, if both of you could discuss it uh, the maybe go step by kind of the given overall of the purpose and what you're hoping to achieve here and then also just go step by step and why each step is so important great yeah um and omar feel free to jump in um at any point um you know omar has a, a lot of experience in this community and we really appreciate his leadership here um and so uh you know like i was saying we we had heard a lot of stories and rumors about the question of um uh, farm workers working in evacuation zones uh, during the wildfires of, of last year, um, and uh, and 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 this has increasingly become an issue. Um, as as Pamela, you you mentioned, the climate change has made it so that wildfires are happening earlier, lasting longer, and and are are significantly more intense. That has meant that in a in a place like Sonoma County, where 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 wine is is uh, you know integrated into almost every aspect of our our life and culture and economy, um, it has meant that it, wildfires and uh, grape harvest are often happening at the same time, which was not always the case, and so this is increasingly becoming an issue, um, and is not something that is going to go away. And so as we heard all of those stories, you know, we really wanted to make sure um, that that we were going to uh, base uh, our priorities on on what the farm workers themselves really went through and, and really needed. Because, you know, one thing I've I've learned in organizing for, for 20 years is that the first thing and most important thing is is to listen to the workers and and that workers are really the experts um, in in what is happening here and so if we want to know you know how to address climate change um, and uh, the the folks that we should talk to are the people who are outside working during these wildfires you know at at the time when everyone else is being evacuated they're running towards the flames in order to actually do this work and so we really need to respect that experience and ask them about their experience so we we set out to to do thirty uh, in depth surveys. These are surveys that you know are not not a quick thing, but something that takes an hour to hour and a half really to understand what what did people go through, and and many in many instances you know these are very traumatic and difficult situations, and so you have to you have to build relationship for people to be able to share you know what they went through. So we went. We set out to do thirty of these surveys, but we found that the interest um, from the farm worker community was so overwhelming that we actually ended up doing over a hundred surveys. Um, and just a little bit about the process, because I think it, it helps us understand, you know, why why we believe so many so much in these in these five priorities. Um, you know, we did all of these surveys in Spanish. And we also did them in three different indigenous languages: in Mixteco, Chatino, Triqui. 
because it's important to know that um, for a significant number of farm workers in our community, um, Spanish is actually their second language. English is their third language. Their first language is, is actually an indigenous language. And it's something that we as a community should actually be very, very proud of and we should respect. And that kind of diversity um, is something that, that is really, really important and, and not something to be overlooked, um, especially because there has been, you know, uh, so much, uh, so much, uh, exploitation of indigenous people and genocide and attempts to eliminate these languages that it's a really beautiful thing that people have passed on these these languages which are are only oral languages these are not written languages they're actually oral languages that have been passed down from generation to generation across you know uh, migration um, here for thousands and thousands of miles. These are these are beautiful things, and and so oftentimes we lose um, what people's real experiences are because people are 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 talking in people's second language rather than in their first language, so people can fully express themselves in in their experiences. So we 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 really set out you know, not only to do a lot of these surveys, but to do them in a really in a in deep and profound way, um, in, in ways that people could fully express how they feel. Um, we also, you know, really wanted to make sure that uh, the, you know, that there was diversity around, um, you know, who we were talking to with, with working with some of our, uh, so, so in terms of the indigenous languages, we worked really closely with our partners at Movimiento Cultural de la Unión Indígena, uh, or in, in English, the uh, the the union of uh, in, in indigenous culture, um, uh, and then for we also wanted to make sure that we we worked uh, to to include the voices and experiences of women farm workers, and so we worked really closely with Almas, which is the uh, domestic worker uh, organization out of the Grayton Day Labor Center, um, and then we we also uh, worked really hard to to make sure that LGBTQ farm workers' experiences were included. And so we worked with the Trans Latinas um, uh, organization in Santa Rosa. And so we feel you know, that, that we have uh, not only talked with more farm workers in Sonoma County about their experiences in wildfires, but we've also talked with a real diversity and depth um, of people about their experiences. And so there were five um, priorities that really emerged um, during these, these surveys. Um, so that was uh, language justice, disaster insurance, uh, community safety observers, premium hazard pay, um, and clean bathrooms and water. And so I'll talk a little bit about each of those. And, and, and if you've got any other uh, additional questions, happy to, ha happy to talk through them. But so uh, first is uh, uh, language justice. And so <clears throat> as, as I've mentioned, you know, a significant number of farm workers uh, speak their first language as an indigenous language. Um, and uh, what we have found is that for the the vast majority uh, of that in all people's experiences, the the there have been no trainings on safety and evacuation in people's first languages, which is a real concern around people's you know their lives and 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 an ability to 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 work in these conditions. 
You know, uh, for example, I, I speak Spanish. It's my second language. If I was going into an evacuation zone or working in a dangerous uh, situation with smoke and fire, I, I would want someone to explain to me um, what what I need to do and what the concerns are in my first language so that I can really make sure to understand all the nuances of it. And so this this first priority is really about making sure that people are able to get those trainings on safety and evacuation in their first language. Uh, the the second issue is uh, is is around um, what we've been referring to as disaster insurance. Um, there is when there are fires, um, when there are smoke and, and potentially smoke taint uh, to the grapes. There are ways for for growers and wineries to recoup their losses. There's there's crop insurance. Uh, crop insurance um, is something that you know we as a as a society decide that if this business loses their 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 income that that impacts all of us and so we need to have a system in place so that they're not at a loss and so last year i mean sorry in 20 uh in 2019, um, in Sonoma County, uh, $63 million were given out as payouts to uh, to the wine industry for fire damage. And and so if if we look at that, um, you know, that's a significant amount of money, especially when we also see that 60% of the premiums for the crop insurance are actually paid through federal tax dollars. Right, because we as a society decide that that we need to to, uh, to to support businesses when they're going through a hard time, and we need to make sure that they're able to get through. But that money is not actually arriving at farm workers' hands. And then, as Omar mentioned, and, and he can probably elaborate more on it, the in addition to not receiving anything from the the uh, the insurance uh, payouts that the companies are getting workers are oftentimes not eligible for for any kind of unemployment which then puts them in a very vulnerable place um and so i don't know if omar if you want to add anything uh on that yeah i i think that one of the things that i've observed over the years is that how um, workers are hired. Oftentimes, it's not a direct hire from like the winery to the worker. They hire these management companies that they hire the workers, and and I think that impacts a couple things. One, workers aren't able to organize agreements with these wineries, you know, like the union contract type of thing that allows for these things to organize. But I think it also impacts how something like a disaster insurance would work in terms of these are employees where they could cover costs. And, and so those relationships of, you know, basically the way that I look at it, they use a sort of a, a staffing agency to hire workers. And I think those are things that impact these types of relationships and the ability to impact the aid that, that could potentially um, exist for workers because these are not direct hires, which then goes to immigration policies and the fact that most of these workers are undocumented. So needs for changes in those policies. Uh, would really have a positive impact on what we can do and how we can do things. So how what type of changes do you think should be implemented? Well, so, you know, just in the um, in in the same way that that we we put in taxpayer dollars into a system that makes sure that when there's losses, businesses are able to recoup. Right. There is no reason why we cannot have a system in place 
that says when there are disasters, that the most vulnerable people need to be able to receive compensation for their lost income, right? Because as, as Omar mentioned, the, the harvest is a time when, when people, when farm workers make a significant amount of their money for the whole year. And so we need a system in place that allows for some kind of disaster insurance that can, that can go in. Um, and, and we hope that there are, that, that folks within the wine industry, whether it's wineries or growers, farm labor contractors, vineyard management company, that they also want to join us in being leaders here and actually put money towards that um, in the same way that they, they're putting money towards insurance for themselves, making sure there's money in place uh, for farm workers so that farm workers don't have to depend on charity. Right. It's it's great that on DocuFund exists. It's great that there's other charities that people can um, can can re- can can go to. But the reality is this is not sustainable. This is not a sustainable situation. And it is not, you know, in 2017. And Omar, you can speak to this better than I. But the the there was no one thought that we would still have the UndocuFund in 2021. That this was a one time only. Oh my God, we had a we had a wildfire disaster. No one no one imagined we'd still be in this situation. I don't know if Omar, if you want to add add to that. Correct. We we thought it was a temporary thing for that fire, and since we've had multiple fires, we've had uh, multiple evacuations, we've had floods, and now we've got COVID. All these things that we've continued to exist for. Um, we don't want any more fires, but reality of conditions is that they're likely going to happen again and so we exist um but but again it's we're meeting a void uh a, a void of other institutions that don't help a lot of these undocumented people and and i think um you know things need to change one of the things you mentioned was like you know what are the policies and and when i think about why do vineyards hire people in this way because of immigration policies, because they don't want to hire undocumented workers directly on their books. So they they hire these agencies that they're the ones that are hiring the undocumented workers and, and the vineyard companies are just paying these management companies, right? And and it has an impact on, on benefits, right? Um, so our immigration policy definitely needs to change, but that's a huge issue. True. <laughs> That's true. You know, just get, getting back to what you were saying earlier, I remember in 2017, I actually uh, did a held a fundraiser in conjunction with uh, Noel Diaz from Purity Winery and, and several other winemakers too, uh, to, to raise money. And I can't we raised several thousands of dollars, which I know is a drop in the bucket, but I'm sure helped some people. And but when we did, it was like okay, great. And people were asking me where to donate. It's like a DocuFund. And then I remember 2018, kind of. I was thinking, oh, when the when the fires were continuing to happen, I was thinking, well, you know, they're probably DocuFund is probably not around anymore. I don't think there would be a need for it. Well, yeah, there definitely there is a need for for the work that you're doing, and that's not go that that is not changing. It's only going to get worse. And I think uh, one thing to add to that is in 2017, I think this model has been recreated on multiple levels throughout the country. Initially, uh, you know, on DocuFund 805 with fires down south in Southern California. And with COVID, it's been recreated all over the country. So in 2017, when we started, 
um, we received a lot of assistance and donations from all over the country. Uh, now, um, and DocuFund here locally, um, uh, receives less of that because people are supporting their own communities in all these funds that have developed, you know, from East Coast to West Coast, North, South, all over the country. And so so that's been something that's occurred um, because of COVID. But, but at the same time, it also highlights the issue that exists. So many of these um, undocumented workers do not qualify for a lot of aid. And in times like this with COVID or any other disaster, this is a void that exists. And, and these are people that are part of our community, that contribute to our economy, that do essential work that is needed. Um, and, and that safety net should also exist for them. Yeah, absolutely. So let's see, the, the third of the five yeah. points that you um, have so, here is- So the third, oh, sorry, go ahead. Nope. Um, so the third one is around community safety observers. And you know what we found uh, over and over in talking to farm workers about their experiences was there's a sense of of being alone and and being forgotten. Um, you know, a lot of there's there's a lot of discussion in in the wine world about the the craft um, and 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 the the beauty of the of the grape. Um, but in the end of the day, um, the experience for farm workers is that they 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 feel ignored and they don't see that that people actually uh, really care and 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 when we looked at the the numbers of of Cal OSHA inspectors so Cal OSHA is supposed to be doing investigations into worker um, safety you know the the number of inspectors that exist so in Sonoma County we're part of a five county area where there's a million workers and there's only 10 Cal OSHA inspectors of those 10, only one speaks Spanish and zero speaks an indigenous language. So it's not surprising that farm workers, uh, you know, vineyard workers, um, you know, feel like people are not paying attention and not making sure that they're safe because the the, the numbers bear it out. Um, and so, you know, we live in a place where in Sonoma County, people really do care about agricultural workers, do really care about vineyard workers. And so people have been coming forward saying that they they want to to step into that gap that Cal OSHA is leaving. And so as an organization, North Bay Jobs with Justice is actually training um, community safety observers. We just did our first training and about to do uh, our next one in September. Um, and these are going to be folks who are going to go out to the fields you know, to go to the evacuation zones, to go as close as it is possible safely to 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 really see what farm workers are going through and to see what kind of support that they need. So that makes me this sort of uh, tethers back to the, the first point about uh, language justice. How is there a way of training community safety workers uh, and teaching them the indigenous languages? Because you well, said so the, it's not it's not a written language. It's it's a language that just gets passed down orally. Yeah, yeah. So these are not written. It's 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 a, they're oral languages, and so um, you know that's why we work really closely with with partners from the community um, to make sure that that there are people who speak all the languages that workers speak, um, and to make sure that people have that that kind of support. Um, because if if the you know, if, if the government is not going to be able to be there to, to provide um, that kind of level of, um, you know, this is this is a crisis. Look, uh, we're we're in wildfire season. The workers are right now as as we speak tonight in Sonoma County, 
there will be farm workers who are working harvesting grapes in the smoke right that is happening tonight every day there there are fires popping off it is it is a ticking time bomb until there's another fire in Sonoma County. And again, farm workers are harvesting grapes in eyesight of, of the fires. And so this year, you know, the community has said, look, we're not, we're not going to let this happen again without anyone being there. We're going to go and actually observe and make sure that farm workers know that, that we really care and, the, and the, the, that they're not alone. And you're talking about uh, fires from at this point from other parts of the state, but just with smoke that is migrating. I mean, I have a few weeks ago, I was with a friend of mine who lives in St. Paul, and she told me that the fires from two states over have been drifting over and where they've been experiencing a a lot of smoke. And I have friends up in Napa, and again, they've been telling me that the air quality hasn't hasn't been good. and, And it's like nothing... To the best of my knowledge, there haven't been any fires or at least any major fires you know, up in Napa or Sonoma yet. No, no, there have there have not been. Um, you know, there, there have been fires that have popped off and then pe- they've been able to be contained. Um, and and thankfully that 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 has been the case. Um, but, you know, we're we're usually wildfire season isn't really until September <laughs> um, and the end of September. And so, you know, we we uh, were. We're, we're very concerned um, because there's already been significantly more fires in California than any other year. And so the, the farm worker community is really bracing uh, for, for another uh, even more intense year, especially with the drought, uh, right? Which we, we can't forget that this is, this, is a, this is a real climate crisis and the people who are most deeply impacted are, are people of color, low-wage immigrant workers. Yeah, so we need to take a, a quick break, but I do. Let's when we come back, I want to talk about that uh, some more too. And I know we have a couple of other points that we need need to get to as well. Uh, but I think that's that's something that that is really important. That it, this is a problem that, like many other like other environmental problems, does impact low wage workers and and people of color more profoundly. Hey, KXSF listeners, tune into the Pinkies Down Show with me, DJ Kate, Sunday mornings from 6 to 8 a.m. for deep cuts and contemporary classical music. I'm here to share how amazing this broad and expansive genre is outside of the standards. I know you're going to hear music you've never heard, and I promise you won't look at classical the same way again. And this is what independent radio curated by real people is all about. So grab your coffee and tune in to the Pinkies Down Show Sundays, 6 to 8 a.m., only on KXSF 102.5 FM, San Francisco. Support for KXSF comes from Exploring Music, an independent musical instrument retailer and music lesson provider rolled into one. With locations in both San Francisco and San Jose, Exploring Music's network of experienced instructors welcomes students of all ages and skill levels in groups or private settings. Exploring Music hosts a summer camp in San Francisco as well. For more information, go online to exploringmusicusa.com. Thanks for supporting independent radio, KXSF. And uh, for those of you who are just tuning in, you are listening to Queerly Drinking, which is a wine, natural wine-oriented program, uh, but we cover, a whole, we cover a wide range of topics, and a very, you know, one, of, one of the most, if not the most important one, is what's happening to our climate. 
and uh, and how it's affecting the farm workers. So uh, right now I'm having uh, very I'm thrilled to have two people who are doing a lot with their organizations. Joining me in this conversation, Omar Medina from UndocuFund and Max Bell Alper from North Bay Jobs with Justice. So again, thank you both for being here. Uh, uh, one thing also, we were just talking about Napa and Sonoma and how so far there have not been any major fires, but there have already been fires in the Sierra foothills. Uh, that, that's been a, uh, you know, so it isn't like the wine country has not been affected at, at all yet. Uh, I don't know if either one of you work, do, you know, do any work with any workers there, but it's, you know, Napa and Sonoma, yeah, they might be the most famous regions in the state, but they're not the only ones. And, you know, when we, we, you were just mentioning the drought before, Max, and yeah, I mean, how that has, is going to, has, and will continue to contribute to the, you know, the massive wildfires that we've been having over the last few years. And, and before the break, we were discussing about how people of color and lower income workers are impacted much more deeply and uh, than, than other workers. And do yeah, Omar, do you want to discuss this a little bit, or, or Max, just talk about ways in, in which, because we, when we talk about farm workers and we talk about vineyard workers, we, I think there is an assumption often that, yes, most vineyard workers probably are low-wage workers, and a lot of them are, are you know, people of color, but that's not, that is not the entire industry, and I think that there are, you know, there are resources that are available to some people that are not available to other people. So maybe both of you can uh, touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so, um, you know, this is, we need to be really, really uh, clear here that, you know, this wildfires in Sonoma County and, and all over California have, have been a disaster for, for all of us. Um, but at the same time, this is, the wildfires come in, in amongst deep inequality that that exists right you know sonoma and napa are known for amazing wines uh you know farm to table restaurants you know in, incredible uh natural beauty but but the 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 reality is behind uh each of those uh, glasses of wine behind those hotel rooms. Um, there's there's low wage immigrant workers who are are putting in tremendous amount of work and and are getting very little pay, and 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 that's the that's the situation to start, right? The inequality and and the racism that exists because this is this is a place where, you know, there might be other places around the country where there isn't enough money and and people say well we can't pay people more how would we make how would we make uh you know our businesses function but there is no doubt that in sonoma and napa county the 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 kind of luxury that exists here in hotels restaurants wineries breweries there is enough money but there is a choice that is being made here by people who are in charge who are overwhelmingly white men 
right? Yeah, there are a few wineries and, and a few uh, hotels that are, that are owned by, by people of color, owned by women. But we need to be honest here that the vast majority of this industry is owned by white men who are making a choice to not value the, the labor and time um, and bodies and health of, of, of women, people of color and immigrants. And so when that level of inequality happens, right, when, when, that, when that's the inequality that exists and then you add a crisis like a fire to it, it research has shown over and over that every single disaster, the income inequality and especially the racialized income inequality grows. And so those are the facts. And so then the, 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 the question for us in, in this community is if we don't directly address that, if we don't directly take on racial justice and racial equity, we're allowing that to continue. And we're, we're allowing and we're basically saying it's okay that every time there's a fire that, that, that people of color fall behind even further. Mm -hmm. And so as an organization, we're saying that's not okay. And then in fact, we can do better. And, and we believe that there is actually an opening here because climate change is not going away. We will look back at this time and say, wow, this was the year of the least amount of fires. And so if that's the reality, we need to say not how do we maintain what existed, because what ex has existed is gross inequality. We need to say, what is the opening here to actually right some of the wrongs from the past and be able to come out of disasters in a more equitable way, in a more just way? What would it look like to say that actually people who, you know, renters who are working class people of color actually should end up after a fire owning a home? What if that was the goal? What if we said the goal was for uh, low-wage immigrant workers who are working harvesting the grapes, not that they just get to replace their, their, their small amount of, of wages that they lost, but what if actually would, we could create good new jobs for people to do fire uh, restoration work, to do adaptation work around climate so that we actually end up in a more just place? And that's the real dream that, that we have as an organization is to is that we be honest about the inequality that has existed and see what is the opening to to right those wrongs and and bring a more just world out out of these disasters. Well, and that sort of, that touches on I guess the fourth point uh, about having extreme hazard pay, too. I mean, granted, we're we're just talking about beyond hazard, just paying people a, a living wage. You, even under the best of conditions, but you're you're also calling for premium hazard pay. Yeah, and you know this is something that um, during COVID, um, there's been a, a, a recognizing that there are essential workers. That while some people, uh, many of us, um, or some of us, were able to to continue doing our jobs, you know, through Zoom, like we're talking right now, but but for a 
very significant part of the workforce that were called essential workers, they continued to go to work and to continue endangering themselves and their own health in order to provide the basic services that, that, that were needed. And so essential workers um, in, in some industries were actually recognized um, and and not just with applause. Applause is great, and, and saying thank you, you know, and putting up signs is great. But you know what we, what in in our society, the, if we want to recognize people, we we pay them, right? And and so in some industries, there was actually hazard pay was created for essential workers. But farm workers in Sonoma County have still to this day have worked through in, during COVID have worked through multiple you know, crises around wildfires and have still not received any kind of uh, hazard pay. And so, you know, what we're saying is that if it is so important that these grapes get picked, then we should recognize people by paying them, uh, you know, premium hazard pay. And if you look at um, Napa and Sonoma counties have the highest value per ton of grapes harvested, right? And and either of our counties, they are more than double the average for the whole state in terms of the value of the grapes. And so if there's one place in, in this world where we should be able to actually give people hazard pay, it is Napa and Sonoma County. I mean, these the value of the grape. And and when we say the value of the grape, remember, we, we're talking about the the workers are 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 working seasonally but they are oftentimes they have brought this grape to fruition through their labor for an entire year right they were there you know during during the pruning you know they were there to 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 lift up the 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 vines and put them on on the next wire they were there to take off the the leaves to make sure that the grapes had enough sun their hands did all this work and so there's a value to that and it, and it and it should be and it and it needs to be recognized and this is a place where there are there is the money to do it but there's a choice being made not to do it well, how can we as advocates uh, create pressure on all the the influencers and 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 apply pressure? Yeah, and so we we have a, a you know there's so these five priorities. So the last one is 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 clean bathrooms and water, which I'm I'm happy to talk more about. Um, but but these these five priorities um, uh, that the farm workers have set out, uh, we as an organization. Have have created uh, an online petition that that people can sign um, to be able to support uh, the workers' priorities. And so there's been uh, you know over 1,500 people locally in Sonoma County have already signed on to this petition. Um, and we can we can get the 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 link out to everybody. But if you go to the you know North Bay Jobs with Justice uh, website, it's right there in in, in the front. Um, and you know and we have actually. You know, we uh, after getting all of this support from uh, for the farm workers' uh, priorities, we we sent out letters to to the top hundred um, you know uh, folks in the the wine uh, community in Sonoma County. Uh, these are growers, uh, wineries, farm labor contractors, vineyard management companies, asking them to 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 join us and to join farm workers um, and and to sign on to these 
these these priorities um, because we think that look this is a this is a we're on a collision course and this is going to happen again this year and it's going to happen again the next year and the next year and so we're asking um, the wine industry to to really come to the table and to to sign on to these priorities and so we really um, we encourage everyone within the wine community you know to go on go on and sign our petition and then if you know people within the wine industry in whatever uh, level and place they are to actually let's let's partner right and and we really mean that we are looking for you know businesses who want to do the right thing you know who want to be high road here and and want to be bold um in in responding to to this climate crisis um and sign on um and then I would say that the other thing, you know, I, I would really encourage people to support the Undocu Fund. And so I, I'd love, you know, if Omar, if you want to share a little bit about how people can directly put their resources towards supporting farm workers. Yeah, and I, I think you could visit our website, undocufund.org. Um, top right, click donate link, and you'll see the different ways that you can donate. Um, but but I think it's it's not just for upcoming disasters. I think the reality is right now, a, a lot of these lower income people live in high density housing situations. And with COVID, a lot of them are getting infected still and losing work and families are being impacted right now. And, and we are trying to help as part of the help that we continue to do now. Uh, and and we also are, are knowing that there's fires coming and we wanna be prepared and we wanna already have the ability to help families that get evacuated that their homes either you know burn or they lose their employment because their employer maybe might have burnt down. We want to be prepared, um, and, and so we could use your help. And I will let everybody know that when these families get the aid, they are so thankful. Um, you know, Max mentioned earlier, people feel alone, and and some of these people feel that they've felt like invisible, like nobody sees them. And when when they receive the help, and they're always like thanking me. I'm always letting them know this is the community, you know, coming together to help you because we value you. And so when you help us, you know, that's that's what we let them know, that this is from the community caring and sharing and valuing the work that they do. So again, on docufund.org, you know, if you donate to us, we are a nonprofit, it's tax deductible, but the most important is that it helps families that truly need the help. Yeah, so great. It, it is, again, I think it's a fantastic organization. Uh, so before we open this up to Q and A, we if uh, you could just talk a little bit more about the last point, clean bathrooms and water. And when I, I first saw the the petition, and and I was like, of course, clean bathrooms and water. But you, you think about it, you know, if, if you are working in the vineyard, how often do you have access to that? And especially yeah. if there is a fire raging and there is pressure just to work as fast as you can. And you might not have access to to certain parts of, of certain parts of the vineyard or, or certain uh, points, let's say, where there is a restroom might you know not be easily accessible. Uh, so I think that's a great point, and I would love it if if you can illuminate everyone on how that isn't an issue for vineyards. It, um, you know, this was really honestly very surprising for us. We did not expect that that would be something um, that would be an issue. But this is, again, a reason why it's so important that we we really base this in, in, in what our workers' concerns, you know, not 
you know, I, I have never worked uh, harvesting grapes and I'm not going to pretend that I have. And so it's important that we really set up to be able to make sure that that, that workers decide this. And so, you know, they they really told us that um, especially with the amount of ash and soot that falls from the sky during during wildfires. Um, and then the increase in the number of people who are working, right? Because harvest is a very busy time. Um, what that has meant is that the bathrooms are just getting really, really dirty, way dirtier than in previous years. Um, and I think it's a, a particular note that it was um, mostly women workers who were raising this concern, um, which I, I'm sure, uh, you know, every time I say that, the, you know, the, the, the women who are who I'm talking with say, yeah, that, that's definitely, uh, definitely real. And, and I think that it's, um, it's important that we, we recognize that, like I said, this is an industry that is owned and managed overwhelmingly by white men. And will this industry really respond to the concerns that are being raised, especially by women of color, immigrant women who who are asking for the basic dignity uh, of being able to go and use the facilities while they're working um, in in a, in a clean way. And and this is something that, you know, we 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 really um, you know, want to make sure that the that the the frequency of cleaning is really updated. Um, and what we have heard um, mostly uh, is that bathrooms are generally being cleaned once a week, um, which which is really, uh, really challenging situation. And this is something that we believe can easily be fixed um, to make it so that that workers have this this level of, of dignity in their lives. Right. And also, uh you say clean bathrooms, but also clean water. And you know what? Even without fires, if you're harvesting grapes in the wine country in September, it is it's hot, and I can't imagine not having access even under those conditions to to clean water. Uh, but then, if if there are fires, especially fires nearby, or even if it's not nearby, but there but there's smoke and there's ash, uh, it, it's even all that much more important for for workers to hydrate. Uh, and I, I mean, I, it makes me I mean, just that, that this is an issue is, it's just incredibly disheartening. And, and I'll add that my experience with talking with a lot of workers over time, it's also, they don't speak up because of their situation. They're vulnerable to just being let go and losing their job, which they rely on. And so oftentimes, you know, they'll tell me about situations, but they say they, they don't say anything because they need their job and they and sometimes they're threatened with well you can go work somewhere else wow well okay uh so let's see it is now six o'clock i just need to uh uh let everyone who's tuning in know and that you are listening to kxsf.fm in san francisco and this is Pamela Bush. Uh, for the last hour, I've been speaking with Omar Medina from Undocufund and Max Bell Alper from North Bay Jobs with Justice about what we can do to protect and support fi- farm workers, more specifically vineyard workers, during the, the wildfires that uh, we've been having and inevitably will we'll be having. Um, I Actually, I'd like to try to open this up to a Q&A. I, of course, have more questions and but I know that there are some other people who have some some questions. So, 
there were a few people. Uh, for those who are on Zoom, they can ask the if they are interested in asking a question. They can just raise their hand. They can uh, they can turn their cameras on uh, if they want. I know, but a lot of people are listening to this on the radio. Uh, here is let's see. Among one of the questions that that's come through is or that how the responsibility of, you know, we're talking about the white, you know, male uh, owners, but how they've successfully pawned off a lot of the responsibility to Latin, uh, Latinx-owned you know, vineyard management companies. And they haven't, you know, they're not, they're not addressing this in a responsible way either. So what is it, what, what is it that we can, how can we apply pressure on the vineyard management companies uh, because, as you said, there, when we think of, there are so many different layers to to winemaking and how and and labor, so it's it's not like we're just talking about oh let's put put pressure on on the vineyard owners and the the winemakers. Yeah, and so <clears throat> I I would say that this is this is something that is not um, well. First, I, I think it's important to note that there are contracts that are that are made between wineries and vineyard management companies and vineyard management companies and farm labor contractors and growers and farm labor contractors all, all those th- those relationships are, are are spelled out in um in contracts and those contracts are um are very specific about um uh, certain things right they're they're specific about the quality of the grapes right they're they're and and they about what is acceptable and what is not right because that is of importance and is deemed important uh for for the for for the people who are making those contracts and so you know we 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 need to not be just looking at how do we point the finger at each other and say what does it look like to say okay if if you're a winery and you're making a uh, contract with a grower what kind of labor standards do you put in there right do you do just the legal minimum or do you actually say we're going to do the right thing if you're a grower and you're working with a vineyard management company same question what kind of labor standards in the same way that you care about the quality of the grapes? How do you show that level of care for the people who are doing that? And so this is also not unique to the wine industry in our society. We overwhelmingly, the way that services are provided are through contracting companies Right. I have seen this over and over in my experience when I was organizing with uh, janitorial and groundskeeping uh, and and cafeteria workers at the University of California. They weren't employed by the University of California. And every single time the university said, that's not our employees. But you know what? When then we exposed what was happening to those workers and those workers stood up with the support of students and professors and elected officials, all of a sudden, the university said, oh, wait a second. Okay, we're going to make sure that we pay the right amount and that we're going to demand from our contractors that they do the right thing. When I was organizing with the food service workers uh, in Silicon Valley, in the beginning, all these big tech companies said, those are not our employees. 
right? They're contractors. There may be contractors of contractors. But when it came out that the, the kinds of abuses that were going on in those places, nobody said the news wasn't about so-and-so contractor. The news was about Google. The news was about Facebook. And so the thing I would say to, to the, the, the wine industry here is, is look, the, your, your name is on the line. And if you want to point the finger, that's okay. But we are going to do the right thing for the farm workers. And we're going to give a voice to all those concerns that the farm workers have. And as Omar mentioned, a lot of times workers don't bring these issues up because they're concerned that there's going to be retaliation. Well, we're building a movement here that has real support from farm workers, their community, and, and the broader community as well. And so those kind of concerns, farm workers are starting to feel more confident, more comfortable in bringing those up. So those are going to come out. And so that's not going to, most people don't know the name of this farm labor contractor or that farm labor contractor, but they know the name on the label. Right. And right. so we think that there's a moment here where if there are wineries who want to get ahead of this and say, you know what, we want to actually partner and we want to, we, they, that wineries may not have control right now. They may not have it in their contracts right now, how, um, what happens in terms of labor practices, but if they want to get ahead of it and they want to partner with us, we will, we are glad to put out there who are the wineries who are doing the right thing. But if you don't get out ahead of it, the reality is we're going to have to bring out the stories that we're hearing from farm workers. And that actually may be a harder situation for people in the wine industry. And so we hope that there's people who are going to be willing to partner with us because in the end of the day, it matters about the people behind every wonderful glass of wine. There's people who are putting in their livelihoods into making that and we should respect them. Yeah, right. And it is, it's just like about like passing on the responsibility. And I think just kind of getting to the original point of that question is, it's sort of like white people saying, oh, don't blame us, blame like the, you know, the Latinx owned vineyard companies. And it, it's just, yeah, it's just not taking responsibility. Another thing too, and I, I mentioned this to you, Max, when, when we spoke a few weeks ago, is that there are companies, agriculture companies that are organic and they have organic on their labels, but that doesn't mean that they're treating the farm workers well. And I, a few years ago, I had a, was talking to a, a farm worker who worked for one of these companies and, and he, again, was, did not want to give his name, was very concerned about, and which is why I'm not going to name, I'm not going to name the name of this particular company because I don't want for there to be any potential backlash against any of the workers, but it's, it is, you know, one of the large, uh, you know, organic agriculture companies, and yeah, they're, they're they haven't been treating their you're paying their farm workers well or giving them adequate breaks. So I think another thing that people should be really wary of is that just because something says organic on it, uh, I mean, or, an organic without even going to organic, not necessarily uh, having the weight that it it should. Uh, but it, that doesn't mean that, that the workers are being uh, treated well. But let's get to a couple of other questions here. And actually, uh, so uh, Yana Olson, and she put, she put two here in the chat. Uh, can, can Omar and Max, can you see the two uh, that she said? Let's see. The first one is, who are the select contributors for uh, 
MBJWJ has identified for the recommended pooled fund? Yeah, so, um, you know, this is something that we're in the process of developing right now, and we're looking for partners in terms of to develop this. Um, but we, we see that this is, this is the, the way the, the kind of uh, the, the way that has been successful in dealing with these challenges is is very much something like the undocu fund right that has been that has gotten resources that are both public and private to be able to 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 address these um, these kind of challenges so that has meant that there are foundations that have contributed there are governments that have contributed um, and there's even you know private industry that has contributed um, so we we think that this is uh, it, it's a shared responsibility I don't know if Omar if you want to add anything on that no nothing to add on well, so Yana's uh, other question is, is there a specific fund or a way to direct funds toward indigenous language translators, possibly compensate them for ride-alongs to interview zones? Yeah, and so we would really encourage folks to, uh, to support the Movimiento Cultural de la Unión Indígena, um, which I can put um, their uh, website in the, in, in the chat here. Um, and and that uh, you know they they do a lot of work in Sonoma and Napa County uh, to make sure that they're able to um, to provide that level of um, uh, of of in interpretation and translation right so the it is it is not only specific to um, to to farm workers although a lot of um, you know a lot of indigenous uh, language speaking uh, community does work um, in uh, in in agriculture um, but but they they are an organization that that really uh, provides that um, that kind of uh, interpretation and translation uh, for the community and and for all kinds of things you know whether it's like uh, working on immigration status uh, or or when there are wildfires and so um, you can go you can look them up on Facebook at Movimiento Cultural de la Unión Indígena or on their website at uh, Unión Indígena which is Union Indígena that's U N I O N I-N-D-I-G-E-N-A dot org. So another uh, question that came up um, is that, is there a way, let's say, to train uh, uh, workers right now who do speak, let's say, different indigenous languages in all the safety protocols so that when this hap when we, there are fires and you know, other hazards, that they can actually take on a uh, kind of a leadership role in you know, trying to to let everybody know what to do and, and how to get to a safe space. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and, and that's, um, you know, that, that, that is part of our goal here is, is making sure that, that the organizations that are doing this work already um, should, should get that, that support and that recognition. And so, you know, when it comes to indigenous languages, it should really be MCUI, uh, you know, who, who does that. You know, when it comes to the kind of level of support that undocumented workers are, are getting, that should really be through the UndocU Fund. Um, and so that, that's absolutely what, what we're doing. And, and I uh, our hope is that there can be more funding uh, for this level uh, of training uh, that, that needs to happen here. So uh, another question that's come up is that, and you know, we, you were discussing before quite rightly that Napa and Sonoma are very 
wine in terms of wine regions. They're extremely wealthy areas. I mean, they're wealthy areas, period. But that doesn't mean that every single person who's making wine or growing grapes in Napa and Sonoma is doing really well. Uh, I mean, I do know a lot of these people are small farmers and small business owners, and they don't they don't have the the money of the the really big the big wineries and even, you know, maybe not the big wineries, but those that are extremely well established. So is there any, would you have any suggestions for how to create a system so uh, so that those who are, those who are not, those who are the small businesses and the small growers that are just getting by are not, not getting penalized and where the, the lion's share of the, of the funding for the workers comes from those who are, from the bigger companies and those that are very profitable. Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, that's a real concern. I mean, uh, we see it over and over um, in the way in which, uh, you know, consolidation is really happening uh, within the wine industry. And and many of the smaller companies are getting gobbled up, right? And so we do think that there's real responsibility um, from, from the biggest players here, right? And that's, you know, that's Kendall Jackson, that's Constellation, uh, that's Gallo, right? These are, uh, these are these uh, vintage wine estates, right? These are major players uh, who, are, who are not small mom and pop operations, um, but are actually getting, uh, a, a, you know, a large amount of money and increasingly large amount of uh, money actually from Silicon Valley as well. Um, so these are some deep pockets, um, we do think that uh, there there is a, a real role for some of the smaller uh, businesses here, some of the smaller family operations that, you know, look, they, they may only uh, employ a few people, but but the 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 cultural impact of having smaller businesses family businesses step forward and say, you know what, we're going to do the right thing. And we're, we're willing to work with people and figure out, you know, how, how does this, we don't want any um, small business going out of business because they're, they're trying to take care of their workers. And we will, we'll work with people and figure that out. Um, But it, but we, we, what we do know though, is that it's not enough just to say, okay, we're a small business, right? We can't do this. We hear that over and over when it's the question of raising the minimum wage, right? And and we have seen that there are small businesses, there are family businesses that find a way to do it. And we think that in the end of the day, it's actually even better for you as a business to come out and be be on uh, in front of this and 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 show your kind of leadership because that's the kind of community I think that we have that people actually appreciate that and and if right now there are small family you know uh, wineries and vineyards that want to do the right thing we think it actually can be really helpful for their business to to be seen as somebody who really cares um, and really supports workers. Okay, so we need to take a, just a real quick break, and then uh, we'll come back and just sort of wrap up uh, what we've been talking about. For those of you who are just tuning in right now, you're listening to KXSF.FM in San Francisco. Support for KXSF comes from Catfish, a San Francisco-based trio that believes live music is a critical part of San Francisco's culture and that supporting independent radio bolsters the artists and venues that keep that culture thriving. 
check out their Instagram page at catfish.antiband. That's catfish with a K. Thank you for supporting 102.5 FM KXSF. to throw out all those ratty t-shirts you've been living in for the last 16 months. Snag some new swag at the KXSF online store in partnership with Bonfire. Score shirts in a variety of colors and designs, including those from some of your favorite KXSF shows. Rep the best independent community radio station in the Bay. Go online now to kxsf.fm slash merch and shop till you drop. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, who's been listening in. Uh, this is Pamela Bush, and I have been talking to Omar Medina from UndocuFun and Max Bell Alper from North Bay Jobs with Justice about what we can do to protect farm workers, especially during uh, fire season. And uh, so I – let's see. There's, I just have one more question that's, that's come in, and then uh, I want to ask both of you just about – directly like if you can just restate the link so that people can uh find find the resources so uh can you outline any direct worker supportive measures for small growers and wineries to engage in as they try to kickstart their own efforts amid the real stresses of 2021 yeah i mean look this is this is a stressful time right there's it is this is uh no doubt um and you know we're having a resurgence in covid uh, we, we are already experiencing wildfires. It is stressful for everybody. Um, and, and we, we acknowledge that. Um, and so, um, but, but I would say that any, any small growers and wineries out there, please reach out to us and, and let's sit down to, to have a conversation about how, how we can work together because we're looking and we're still looking actually for, for the very first, uh, you know, business in the wine industry to actually sign on to the workers' demands, um, and 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 so, uh, you know, I I I hope that maybe there's somebody listening right now who says, you know what, we're really stressed, but we know and we care about our our agricultural workers, our vineyard workers, and we want to sign on to these demands so that we can learn about how to do that. So re- reach out to us, um, you know, uh, my my email address. Um, which I'll put into the chat and also I'll say here, but it's nice and easy, max at northbayjwj.com. Um, you know, send an email, reach out. Um, let's, let's have a conversation about, about how, how you can take leadership and help uh, really move this industry. And then I'm sure Omar's got some ideas on how you can support on DocuFund as well. Yeah, I said for DocuFund, definitely um, visit our website on DocuFund.org. Um, contribute. Um, that's definitely what helps us. And, and the other thing that I just like to highlight is that all the individual donations that come to us, um, those are directly issued out in aid. All the admin costs and stuff, we we get grants to to support the administrative costs. Um, and, and so I think that was something that we highlighted from the very beginning that we valued as important um, to make sure that all individual donations went directly out in assistance to the people and the families that need it. And besides, in addition to supporting on DocuFund and North Bay Jobs with, with uh, Justice and signing this petition, which uh, what what can what are some other things that 
not just uh, wine industry professionals, but consumers can do to help support for, uh, w- workers during fire season? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would say that I think that the most important things are, 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 are really, you know, donating to UndocuFund, making sure that if you, if you uh, work for a company that has matching, uh, you know, contributions, see if you can get your company uh, to, uh, to, to make donations. And then, you know, really this is, this is about listening to the workers and, and what the workers have told us is that these, these are the, the top five, uh, priorities. And so, um, so, you know, help make sure that if you're, uh, you know, if you're in the wine, uh, industry, if you're a wine industry professional, you know, encourage your company to sign on to it. If you're, if you're a consumer, uh, in, you know, encourage when next time you go to a wine tasting, um, you know, ask them, uh, if they, uh, if they have signed on to the, to the five for farm workers and fires, um, you know, we have started, as I mentioned, you know, we uh, we sent letters uh, to to folks within the wine community, um, and for folks that we didn't hear back from, uh, we started doing direct outreach uh, uh, this past weekend um, at wine tastings in Sonoma County. And so, next time you're you're out tasting wine, you might see us there with the flyers uh, encouraging you to sign up. Um, and so, you know, if you can, as a consumer, also let uh, you know let let uh, wineries know that this matters to you, um, that that would be something. Thing that would be very important. Great. Well, thank you. I mean, I think it is. And again, just one more time, how can people find the petition? Um, so if you go, if you just look up uh, North Bay Jobs with Justice, uh, you'll see right there on our website, um, the, the, the petition. We're also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, uh, and then definitely check out on docufund.org. Can anyone sign the petition or, or do you just want it to be for wine industry professionals? Um, everyone can sign. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, uh, I would love to speak with both of you again offline uh, because I personally and I'm at my organization supports the work you're doing. I know a lot of the listeners are su- supporting what you're doing and, uh, you know, what I think we all want to help the the these are essential workers I mean, you think about how much wine was sold during uh covid uh i think that there are a lot of people who would say that wine is essential and i know that you're you're not just talking about the the workers in the vineyards but all of agriculture uh but i think that this is something that is it's important and people need to know about so um we're just about out of time. I want to thank both of you uh, for being here today and for the work you do. Max, uh, Max Bell Alper from North Bay Jobs with Justice and Omar Medina from UndocuFund, both great organizations that are worthy of your support. Thank you, everyone, for listening as well. Uh, if you are listening through Zoom or if you're listening through KXSF.FM, thank you. Uh, we're going to go into regular programming in, in just a few minutes, but uh, next week – I will be back uh, for in for Fifth Wave Radio. My guest will be Kelly Harris, who's the executive director of the H Street Art Center. So that should be a fun one. Uh, and until then, everyone, stay safe and uh, and wear a mask. Thanks so much. <laughs>